to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Hi, and welcome to episode 18 of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Today, I have a conversation with Mike Mandello. He's the president and CEO of Seabear. In case you didn't know, Seabear is a smoked salmon and specialty seafood vendor out of Anacortes, Washington, with a long history of being an amazing company that does amazing things in, the, in our region. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. But this episode does come with a warning label. We're going to be talking about food. So if you're even remotely hungry, I'm going to give you this strong advice. Pause this recording, go into the kitchen, grab a snack, and come back. Once you've eaten, come back and listen to the episode. You'll thank me later. So during this episode, Mike and I have a pretty wide-ranging conversation about how Seabear does business, the products that they sell, and some of the things he likes to do in the Seattle area and what brought him out here too when he originally became involved with Seabear many years ago. We talk about the history of Seabear and how it got started. And I'll leave you with the idea that the the founder of Seabear was a very, very brave man. And Michael explain why. But the final thing I'm going to share with you before we get started is pay attention. We're going to talk about smoked salmon martinis. Without further ado, let's get started. Uh, so my guest today is Mike Mondello, the president of Seabear. Mike has been with the company since 1996. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. And I would love it if you would tell our audience kind of the history of Seabear, because it's a pretty interesting story. Sure. So Seabear has a long, rich heritage here in the Pacific Northwest as a uh, premier artisan smokehouse. Uh, I started, as you said, in 96, but the company started way back in 1957 when local fisherman Tom Savage uh, Built a backyard smokehouse uh, right uh, right on the way to the ferries, actually up in Anacortes. And um, I met his wife Marie when I started. Uh, Tom had passed away a long time earlier, but uh, she told me that he just came home one day and uh, poured concrete over her tomato plants in the backyard and decided to build a smokehouse. Uh, and uh, she still wasn't very happy about it. Uh, and he, it was just his sort of thing. I'm going to start smoking some of my salmon and selling it to local taverns and restaurants and such. And he did. And it took off, and it was really quite popular. And, you know, like a little local business, it grew over time. Uh, and then apparently, as Marie told me the story, uh, local, uh, the taverns would say, Hey, can you make this last longer? Cause they would sell it. It'd be, it was popular, but they would serve it in kind of a, or they'd keep it in kind of like a big mayonnaise jar, you know, screw top thing and open and close, open and close. They were selling it. So they asked them, could you you know, make it last longer? And normally someone would uh, smoke it longer and dry it out a little bit more or come at some other way of preserving it. But Tom apparently was this tinkerer kind of inventive guy. And he just went to work for years actually, playing around with the idea of taking canning technology and applying it to a flexible material. And ultimately, in the early 70s, he got that patented. It's called a retort pouch, and now you see it all over the food industry. Uh, but that was Tom Savage's creation, and that allowed our smoke sa- his smoked salmon to go into the pouch. It, the air is taken out, and then it's cooked in its own natural juices. And then that preserves it naturally for years. And so now customers could take it out to the San Juan Islands. They could uh, ship it back to family and friends around the country. So this beautiful regional food tradition could be shared more easily. Um, and it really turned it from a backyard smokehouse to a, um, to a business and, uh, and grew from there. Uh, when Tom passed away, 
Marie brought someone else uh, who sold the company to uh, a gentleman named Pete Cleland, who saw the gift nature of that product and got some beautiful packaging developed for it and started selling to like Bloomingdale's out of New York and I believe Harry and David and a few others. And so it took off from there. And then, uh, you know, in the last uh, 20 odd years, we've really uh, been moving it from uh, certainly gift remains important to us, but we've expanded way, way beyond that. So people can enjoy products year round uh, for healthy eating and for entertaining and uh, just uh, living a culinary life. Well, I think it's fascinating that the man was willing to uh, put concrete over his wife's tomatoes without asking. That's a bold risk taker right there. So. <laughs> I, literally, I talked to her 20 years later, and she said it with anger. It was a riot. It was really funny. That's that's pretty funny, actually. You know? <laughs> so, so you guys are based in the sm- the main smokehouses in Anacortes. Am I am I correct? That's correct. That's where we do all of our smoking and always have. Yep. And you have a, a, there's a storefront there that people can go to. Um, there is. I believe factory tours. Uh, we, well, we do uh, things in the smokehouse. So when you're at our smokehouse store, you are literally 85 steps from where we smoke the salmon. Uh, so it's the real deal. Um, and we have uh, a beautiful big timeline. It takes up the whole store that tells our story and our, our you know, brand ambassadors there are welcome. I are happy to share that with you. We do sampling so you can try a bunch of products if you'd like. And we'll talk to you about that. We do a smokehouse tasting flight, we call it, uh, for $5. You get a lot more than $5 worth of food. People can try a whole range of pre-curated um, tasting of the smokehouse and learn about them. And then, uh, you know, maybe not in these days, but uh, when it gets back a little bit more to normal, we even have uh, an opportunity. You can stand in front of this fun mural of Tom Savage's boat and hold a, uh, a big, real frozen Alaskan king salmon and put on some fisherman's gear and get your photo taken for free. So it's really a fun experience. And, uh, and we sell all of our products there and uh, quite popular, uh, both with locals and uh, tourists coming up on their way to the San Juans. So you have a tasting flight, which I equate to like wine and beer and distilled spirits. What sort of items are included in a tasting flight? Kind of how does that, how does that work? Yeah, Scott, that's exactly the idea. We modeled it after those. The concept is for you to be able to try different, different tastes of the smokehouse. So we start with, uh, uh, a locks that you know thinly sliced silky smooth lock style that basically people outside the northwest know as smoked salmon and we do a lox we do a fantastic lox then we go to a traditional northwest smoked salmon so you can see the differences in taste and texture um, moistness everything it's really kind of cool people it's a real eye-opener for people and then we start showing you some other things we do with our smokers and the third item on the on the um on the tasting flight is our smoked scallop. It's an Alaskan weather vane scallop. And there's a lot of scallop fans out there. Very few have ever had a smoked scallop. And I'll just say uh, it can change your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the fourth one is uh, we do a halibut mousse. So you can see a smoked halibut mousse. So you can taste smoked halibut, but in this wonderful, light, um, flavorful mousse. And then we leave the fifth one as kind of a dealer's choice, right? We change it up from time to time. My favorite is our smokehouse slider. We give a half of a smokehouse slider, which takes uh, our smoked salmon, our traditional Northwest smoked salmon, mixes it with a Walla Walla sweet onion mustard. And then I'm sure your listeners, among your listeners, there's some Mama Lil's fans, Mama Lil's peppers, and we throw some of that in and you get this uh, and serve it on the local bun. So it's this 
quintessential collection of Northwest flavors. Uh, so yeah, it's a really popular thing. We do it at our um, smokehouse and uh, there we uh, made in Washington stores are affiliated with us and we do it out of the Pike place market uh, made in Washington store as well. It's really fun. It's a, it's a great way to, to enjoy some food, but also learn a lot. Um, when we launched it, we had a bunch of uh, foodie influencers uh, at an event. We launched that. And what was really fun afterwards was a lot of them came up to me and said, I didn't just enjoy that. And I don't think I, it's more than thinking it's a cool idea. I really learned something tonight. And that's the purpose of it. It's to be educational and to uh, have people be excited about it. That's, that's very cool. And Mama Lil's peppers are, they're, they're quite tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good friend of mine introduced me to those years ago and yeah, they're, I don't know what else they, I think go with everything as far as I'm concerned. Oh my God. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So besides, besides, you know, you're doing scallops and you've got halibut so far, you, you guys do other seafood items. What else um, comes out of the Anacortes? Smokehouse. Sure. Well, we do uh, we do a whole range, and so smoked salmon has always been the center of our bullseye. We do a range of uh, dinner fillet center of the plate, so they're not smoked. They're just you know we source fantastic uh, salmon, halibut, black cod, Alaskan cod, um, those kind of things, and then uh, serve them up um, for people to uh, to have for dinner. Um, we also, in the, I guess for a number of years now, we've offered crab, but we've really gotten behind in a more aggressive way over the past three or four years. And now we ship a lot of crab, Alaskan king crab, Alaskan golden crab, uh, Dungeness crab, of course, uh, all over the country. It's become a very sizable part of what we do. And uh, we're working with some just world-class suppliers to provide these, uh, you know, these are Northwest treasures, right? And um, so we're really thrilled to be able to share those around the country as well. And like I said, that's become very, very popular. Um, yeah, I'm scrolling through your website right now. And I'm glad I ate breakfast before I recorded mm-hmm. this because my stomach could be growling. <laughs> There's some pretty, pretty amazing photography going on here. Uh, whoever's doing your food photography is uh, t- top shelf. Well, some delicious nice. looking stuff. Thank you. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of all the all the products you're selling on the website, what's your personal favorite? What's uh, yours? My personal favorite. Well, that's funny you ask because we did a thing recently there over the summer called Mike's Smokehouse Dozen, where I did pick my 12 mm-hmm. favorite, and we put it together and we offered it as a kind of a sampling thing. And the reason we picked that many is because the the answer to the question, Scott, is it depends on what I'm doing. Right. Sure. So if I was having you over for dinner, uh, I would take either an Alaskan halibut dinner fillet or a uh, sockeye dinner fillet and I'd grill it uh, and I'd grill it slow because we believe in cooking slow. And I'd, you know, brush it with olive oil, salt, pepper and a little uh, garlic powder. And that's it. And I would serve you what I hope you would leave our house saying that was the best halibut, best salmon I've ever had. So that's my choice. You know, if you're serving dinner. If I'm uh, if I'm sir, if I'm making like a salad or a pasta or something, and I want to just have seafood be a component of it, you you can't do better than those smoked scallops. Uh, you take those smoked scallops and you slice them uh, thin and toss them on a spinach salad or toss them with a fettuccine alfredo, for example, and that's fantastic. Um, and if I'm going to a party, like I'm not invited to our family Thanksgiving party out east <laughs> to my wife's uh, family, unless I bring me beer garden smoked salmon, which is a traditional Northwest smoked salmon. It's my favorite, and it's apparently turned out to be the family's favorite. Um, we based it in uh, a craft beer, 
and then we pepper it, and then we two-stage smoke it, so you get this really hearty uh, smokehouse flavor out of it. Uh, it goes great with a craft beer or chilled glass of wine or whatever. So, so it depends on what I'm doing, but the, those would be my favorites that I would uh, um, use in different situations. They all sound awesome. So let's let's circle back though to this pouch that was invented. Mm-hmm. What I'm I'm intrigued by it. How? What's the, can you talk about the science behind it? I mean, how does this? Sure. How does it work? It's I'm, really, I'm personally curious. Yeah, it's really a very simple idea. Um, it's it's canning with a flexible material, and so. You know, if you were to just go can some tomatoes tonight, right, you, you you know, you're taking the air out of these things, you're cooking them. It's exactly that technology just applied on a larger scale. So what Tom Savage did, his material was clear. It eventually, uh, Pete Cleland, who eventually took the company over, made it gold for this, for a nice, beautiful uh, gift presentation. But we put this, we smoked the salmon, and we, but we don't smoke it at heat. We smoke it uh, low so that it is not fully cooked yet. And, you know, Northwest style smoked salmon is fully cooked. We put it in the pouch, we suck out all the air, and then that pouch goes in essentially a big pressure cooker. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of science to it and there's a time and temperature curve that has to be followed and all that, but it's cooked under pressure with no air in there. And that is essentially a canning event, but in a flexible material. And since uh, so the two advantages versus canning, one is the it's not as thick as a can, so you don't have to cook it as long, so the quality is much better. And also, obviously, you can't take a fillet of salmon and hold that shape in a can, right? It becomes this round mash of stuff. Here, you get a beautiful smoked salmon fillet, either a full pound or even if it's six ounces or a pound. We've done two pounds. And so you open up the pouch, you slide the fillet out, and it's this beautiful red, moist, succulent side of smoked salmon that didn't require refrigeration. It's an amazing image. It, it uh, blows people away. So you can go, these packages can hold up upwards of a pound or two of salmon. I mean, that's a pretty good well, size pouch. Yeah, we've, we've done, we do everything from two ounce little sizes that people use in gift baskets or such, for example, uh, all the way up. Our largest we do is a two pound holiday filet of Copper River. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is with these these ready to eat pouches, they're easy to go if you want to take them hiking. You don't have to take a can with you. Absolutely, so fun. We do we do one. We actually come fun to hear you say those words. We call it ready to eat. It's a pouch. It's not a whole chunk fillet. It's you know pieces um, like mm-hmm. you would have in a tuna or something. Uh, skinless, boneless, fully cooked, little touch of sea salt. That's all that's in there. And we that's our number in terms of units. That's our number one item. We sell more of that than anything else. And those have been, uh, they're, they're in my pantry right now. I mean, people use them for, you know, eating at home and just or a meal at the office or whatever, quick meal. But they have been up and down the Pacific Crest Trail several times with people who have used that as fuel. And uh, several times, including just last summer, uh, to the top of Mount Everest. So it's really fun to see people sending us uh, photos of their adventures around the world um, being fueled by sea bear ready to eat. That's, that's awesome. And so I'm on the, on the ready to eat page right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to ask you about the, uh, treat the troops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really uh, proud of that program. Um, you know, as a, we're a small company, we're a small artisan smokehouse. So like every company we get 
a lot of requests for donations, right? And so what we decided back in, I think it was 2013 or so, we said, you know, rather than a little bit here, a little bit there, let's do one thing and do it well. And we have a lot of families who work for us who are military families, particularly off of Whidbey Island and such, right? So we decided to do this Treat the Troops program. And what it is, is a customer can buy one or as many as they want of our ready-to-eat pouches to donate to the military. And then we match it 100%. So if you bought three, we match it with three. You buy 20, we match it with 20. You buy one, we match it with one. And then when we uh, have enough, uh, generally it's 60 pouches, we put them in a box and we ship them to a deployed troop somewhere around the world. And those, we get the names for those troops. People nominate troops. And they'll say, hey, my, my husband's deployed and here's his address. And if you have some, we'd love it and that kind of thing. And we go through these, you know, um, these cycles. Sometimes we have more donations than we have uh, troops. Sometimes we have more troops nominated than we do donations. Right now we're sitting on um, a good amount of donations and we have a decent amount of uh, nominations. So we're going to uh, get out another shipment here. That'll be great because we get there well in advance of the holidays. Uh, but I think um, – we have a tracker that's in our store, and I think it shows right now we've shipped over 26,000 pouches around the world, and we probably have close to another 1,000 ready to go out. Uh, so the generosity of our customers has been wonderful, and you should see the thank you notes we get back from the military. It's like pictures of all of them holding the pouches, right? And it's really cool. They, they really appreciate uh appreciate all of our customers' generosity on it, and uh, we've even been honored with, I think it's it's at least two. We might've gotten a third one where they've sent us flags from their troop that had flown over Afghanistan or, you know, I mean, just really, really cool stuff. So we've uh, just, you know, we decided to uh, focus on one thing and I'm really glad we did because it benefits the troops. Our customers love it and our team's really proud of it. So kind of win, win, win. No, that's, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a really uh, a great thing. And, and because it's, I'll say shelf stable, uh-huh. Uh, you can, you can ship it halfway across the world and uh-huh. it's still, still delicious when they get it and they don't have to consume it that day because it can sit around for a while. So they can, if they're patient, they could dole it out, uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, right. but they don't have to have it that day. So that's, right. that's, that's what, great. Yeah. Whatever makes them happy. They it's, it's theirs to enjoy. So what I, can you also then maybe explain for me, because I'm a little, um, not up to speed on actually smoking of, of well, I'll just say salmon, but like uh-huh. salmon one hundred and one for smoking. Uh-huh. You guys do it a little differently than some, and uh, can you kind of share with our audience Sea Bear's philosophy there, if you will, on smoking salmon and and what you guys do? Sure. So. First of all, there's two types of smoked salmon. Generally, I mentioned lox earlier. There's lox, which is uh, People have had it on their bagels, right? It's thinly sliced, silky smooth. And their Northwest style, which is a chunk, it's fully cooked, it's moist, um, and uh, they're very, very different, but they're both smoked salmon. They're both wonderful, and we we do both. Uh, so first, let me kind of explain the difference there. Locks, and I grew up on, I grew up in New York, and so that's what I knew to be smoked salmon forever. Um, locks is cured, but not cooked. So we smoke it. At, you know, we fillet the fish and then we brine it or cure it and then we smoke it, but at a very low heat. So it doesn't cook in the smoker and then it comes out and we trim it and do all the things to make it beautiful. And then we slice it. And that's what we send to customers, whether that customer is a restaurant or someone direct buying it in, you know, Indiana. Um, 
differently is Northwest style, where we'll do the same thing. We'll hand fillet the fish. We prep it with our, um, our cure. You let it sit for a little bit. It forms a pellicle on top, that little sticky, harder top to the smoked salmon. And then we smoke it, but we smoke it at heat. So through that process, it both cooks and smokes. And that's the difference between lox and Northwest style smoked salmon. Okay. Our philosophy on both types, and this is something we do a little differently. We do a lot of things differently. We do it by hand. We, uh, we have a proprietary mix of woods. We don't use a single wood. We have a proprietary cure. Lots of things we do that make it special. But our philosophy is that the smoke should enhance the salmon and celebrate the salmon. It shouldn't overpower the salmon. And uh, I think you taste a lot of smoked salmon around the country where the first thing you taste is the smoke. And, uh, you know, teach his own, but we don't believe that's the way to make a world-class smoked salmon. And uh, with ours, you taste the salmon and then you get some background notes of the smoke and you get some more complex layers of flavor. And we think that's, uh, and our customers agree, (laughs) that's excellence in smoked salmon. And it's another reason why, for example, we use the mix of woods. You know, I've tasted so many smoked salmon where they're uh, oak smoked, let's say. And what you taste is oak. And it's powerful. With us, you could never discern what our woods are. It's just this beautiful background smoke. And so that's our philosophy towards it. And, um, you know, I've seen some people over the years taste ours and say this is pretty light. And um, I say thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's our that's the way we uh, we like to do it. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, every step along the way is is uh, artisan, handcrafted and, and uh, with some proprietary points. And the last thing I'll say about it is uh, it's all small batch. I mean, you can't make world class food from our perspective in large batch. A small batch allows you to control the quality at a level that mass production never lets you. Right. We see every piece we you know, we open the door to the smoke. Well, there's a program that controls the smokers, but so what, <laughs> right? We're in there opening and watching and touching and, you know, making sure everything's um, uh, coming along with excellence. So that's our approach. So the way you described it kind of was almost gave me like, once again, a, a way somebody who's describes a wine. Mm-hmm. So what sort of, from a smoked salmon, how about, what would you, how, how do I say it? it goes with everything as far as I'm concerned, but uh-huh. so what sort of pairings, I mean, what are some unusual pairings that you guys have maybe come across over the years of doing this? What, what does smoked salmon go well with? Yeah. So if you, uh, again, it comes back to that uh, point about depends how you're using it, right? If you're having friends over and you want to put some smoked salmon out, we actually did yeah. a video at one point, um, where we showed some unusual things because it's so common to put it out with some crackers, right? And some sliced cheese or whatever. That, no, it's great. Wonderful. Uh, but we like to do things like uh, vegetable chips, right? Or slices of apples, um, put out several cheeses, a soft one that's spreadable and then a hard, you know, hearty cheddar. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier on our smokehouse slider, Mustard's fine, but a sweet mustard, a light sweet, and the walla walla on your mustard's amazing. Goes with it uh, just fabulously, right? So there's so many things you can put on uh, nuts. As for example, I always I always serve it with almonds on the side too. I just think it's a fun thing to add to. So uh, you know, if you're putting out your little uh, appetizer platter, you know, let your imagination run wild. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, um, all sorts of crostini crackers. 
But the real fun starts when you start using it in recipes, right? And, okay. uh, and some people, some, it's really fun. Some of our customers share back to us, oh, I, I like serving it, and then uh, there's always a little bit left over, and I use it the next morning in my eggs. Or, I mean, they tell us how they use it, right? So we just recently, we're now including with all our, our smoked salmon shipments, uh, a collection of, I think it's about 20 or so, of our favorite ideas we've seen over the years. And I'll tell you two. Um, okay. one, and, and this one, I have to admit, we weren't smart enough to think about it on our own, but I went to a, uh, an event and this was served and we're like, that is brilliant. And it's a smoked salmon martini picture of martini. Wait, wait, you, your audio quality was just broke up there. And so I, I'm going to pause you okay, folks. We're going to, we're, we're having some audio issues today, but I want to keep this going. But Mike, can you, was that a smoked salmon martini? Yes, it was smoked salmon martini. Okay. Uh, and I'll, Please now, tell me more. But let me explain. Okay. So <laughs> you take a martini glass and you fill it with a garlic mashed potato, right? So garlic mashed potatoes. And then you top that with chunks of sea bear smoked salmon. And then you just sprinkle over that some uh, salted sunflower seeds, put a little spoon in it and serve it as an appetizer. And as we've always said to people, can you imagine someone comes to your home you take their coat, you welcome them, and instead of uh, you know some typical appetizer, you hand them one of these. It blows people away. I've served these at trade shows. I've served them um, to customers. It's shocking to people how good this is. The combination of the garlic mashed potato with the the beautifully you know balanced smoked salmon, and then the the crunchiness of the sunflower seeds. Awesome. The the appetizer people will talk about. Uh, it's fantastic. So that's what, that's an example, unexpected, right? And a fun way to use it. Another that Absolutely. We, we created about a year ago during, so a year ago, football season was our tailgate smoked salmon. Uh, and what we did is you can, you know, you can make your own dough, but you certainly can go buy just, you know, pizza dough at the store and spread it out and then spread that liberally with a nice, uh, chive cream cheese, you know, you can Philadelphia or anything you like, and then sprinkle the smoked salmon in there, roll it into a nice long roll, bake it, and then slice it into maybe two inch wide pieces uh, and serve that at your next tailgate. And uh, I can tell you, no one's going to be going for the uh, nachos after that. It's really, really, really good. <laughs> I need to hang out with you more often. <laughs> I, I'd eat better. <laughs> <laughs> invite me to a party uh, i'll bring it <laughs> that sounds awesome that's the both the 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 martini that was not i've ever probably come up with that on my own if you uh-huh. just said go crazy come up with stuff that would be not uh-huh. a combo i'd come up with but that uh-huh. sounds amazing so a lot of stuff you guys sell is is gifts you sell it because it's it it's great for business giving and all things like that uh-huh. but as i'm on the website in I keep looking at this. I want you to tell me, tell me about the, uh, the King crab you've got going here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, so as, oh, as yeah. I said, uh, crab has become very, very popular among our customers. Um, we, again, we source from a spectacular, um, set of sources. Uh, so we get really great crab and our most popular are the, uh, the King crab and the dungeness by far. Uh, and in the last six months or so, we introduced the Maris section. And if your uh, listeners don't know what that is, if you think about a king crab and their big, beautiful, long legs, right? The Maris mm-hmm. is that part right next to the shoulder. So it's the biggest part of the leg. And we have an offering you see there on the site of Maris section. So it's a two-pound offering, and it's a golden king crab. There's maybe – it depends. It's all by weight, but it's somewhere between 10 and 15 – Maris sections. They're big. 
they're just filled with the biggest part of the meat, right? And so that's become uh, the most popular item we have. And uh, in fact, I bought uh, I bought an order of that to serve at my wife's birthday a couple of months ago, uh, and paired it with some steak. It's unbelievably just decadent because the pieces are so big and the meat is so soft and tender and uh, and and slightly sweet, right? And the crab we sell has been caught, uh, you know, out in the icy cold Arctic waters, uh, and then brought to shore, they cook and clean it and flash freeze it. So it locks in all the flavor. So the customer does nothing but thought, you know, some people like to steam it just to get it hot or maybe put it on the grill for, you know, a minute, but you don't have to You thought and you dive in and enjoy. The other one that's fun, I'll just mention, I don't know if you've seen it. We were, I think out of stock on them at the moment, but, uh, they're what we call King crab lollipops. And they're the, claws of the king crab so they're big right and they're scored so you pull the top off and you hold them like a lollipop and you dive into this <laughs> decadent <laughs> crab meat so uh you know after you've after you've handed somebody a smoked salmon martini give them a king crab lollipop and uh you know you've made a friend for life so i'm gonna ask you something i'm i'm, I'm looking um on the, the golden king crab part you i'm gonna let you share this because i think this is like who came up with this, the, the idea of how you clean up after eating this crab? Oh, uh, that was a, a guy we worked with. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could have uh, claimed that, but um, uh, this guy, Tony, we worked with a long time ago, a chef. He suggested this where you dip your fingers in the, you know, the water, but then you just crumble um, saltine crackers in your hands and kind of rub them around, like just crumble them and rub them all around. And it takes all the oils off and your hands are clean. It sounds weird, but do it and you'll be amazed how well it works. It's really kind of a fun look. And not just does it work, but think about having your friends and family around the table, right? And it's an event where you're using your hands and it's just sort of an experience. It's the final piece of that experience. Well, and I like I, the, the copy here says the cracker crumbs will absorb any lingering crab odor and leave your hands feeling fresh, soft, and smooth. <laughs> I I didn't think of saltines as a beauty as a beauty, uh, <laughs> uh, but now you do. <laughs> would have made that connection. Never would have made that connection. So I, I'd like to um, just first off let everybody know they can find you online, and we're going to put all the links to that below. But two, we're going to go two different directions. I'm going to tell you what they are ahead of time, and I'll let you pick where you want to go. Okay. You guys are also affiliated with Made in Washington, which uh-huh. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Uh-huh. But as part of the podcast, we always ask our guests, when you're not working, and what do you do? Where are some places in Washington State that you like to go uh-huh. when you're out exploring? So I'll let you take – you can either tell us where you like to go and do – or you can tell us about Made in Washington, whichever one first. Sure. Well, uh, since we haven't gotten out so much lately, uh, the topic of where we go is is very compelling to me, right? It makes me think about it. Um, so I love to kayak, and uh, I spend a lot, you know, if, if today wasn't, uh, you know, overcast, I'd be heading out today onto Lake Union in my kayak, and I find that to be such an incredibly Northwest, uniquely Northwest experience, right? You're kayaking, it's beautiful, um, and yet you're in a city and you're looking around at the skyline. It's just amazing. Um, I also, uh, you know, so that I love that here locally. Uh, and uh, just 
last week we went up to uh, Methow Valley and um, hiked up there and hiked down to uh, Rainy Lake and uh, hiked over and uh, to an overlook over uh, Diablo Lake and those areas and that kind of thing is how my wife and I and and my sons really enjoy uh, Washington State. Um, you know, this is a very special place and. Uh, those kind of experiences. Well, you can get, you know, beautiful experiences other places. I don't think you can get them like you get them here. I brought friends out uh, two years ago, or I guess last year, uh, for a, we were all celebrating a big birthday, and they all came out here, from, most of them from New York area or Pennsylvania. And uh, for years, they've wondered, why'd you move out to Seattle, right? Uh, and after a weekend of doing those things, every one of them was like, oh, my God, how did you find this? Like, you know, you know, we get it now. Right. And, um, yeah, we're really thrilled to be able to enjoy life that way. So you live in the Seattle area. So I do what I always like, what I always like to ask is Seattle's so well documented. Mm -hmm. Um, where's a, I don't want you to give away a secret place, but you know, where's a place that isn't real well known that you and your wife or you and friends, you know, go for dinner in the Seattle area, anything? Sure. Um, I'm just curious. Cause this is always the interesting part of the show for me. Cause next yeah. time I go to Seattle, I'll probably check it out. Okay. Uh, let me mention two things quickly. One's a dinner and one's a, uh, an experience. Cause okay. I, cause usually when I bring a friend to the dinner at this place that I'm going to tell you about, we go over to this experience, the dinner, uh, and this is not an unknown restaurant, but it's a lot of people have not heard of it. San Fermo. Um, it's an old, I think it's the oldest residential building in Seattle that got moved from Capitol Hill or something to Ballard. I don't know the exact story behind it, but I know it's very old. It's like you're in someone's home and it's a great Italian restaurant. You can sit outside or sit inside. And, uh, we went there with friends and we're just blown away. And then we went back there for mother's day and then we went to come back again. It's uh, fabulous food in a really cool environment. Um, you know, okay. go, go for the food, enjoy the environment. And then the, the, my, my recommendation, I probably, <laughs> probably told a hundred people this, my, the best way to spend $5 in the Seattle area is to go to portal. It's a virtual reality place started by a Microsoft, um, guy. And that's not really my world. I don't do that kind of stuff, but, but somehow I found myself there and, I wouldn't play. I mean, personally, I'm not into the games, but they have a five dollar experience called walking the plank and you put the virtual reality headset on and you are virtually in an elevator going to the top of a high rise and there's a real plank in front of you. It's maybe two inches off the ground. And when you get to the top, the elevator doors open and you have to walk out on the plank. I have seen my adult friends they won't leave the elevator and you know, you're on a three inch high plank, right? It's so frightening. So awesome. It's I like, I always, I would go out to dinner and say, Hey, you guys got to come to this. Oh, we don't like virtual. Don't worry about it. And then we bring them and people are like, Oh my God, I got to bring my friends here. I took when those, when all those people came out from the East, I drag them, I drug them all over there. We, uh, we did it. It's a fantastic way to end a fun night in the Ballard area. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to share a story. I had a, a buddy of mine has a VR headset and I went over to his house one day and, and I wanted to check it out and he goes, okay, well, I'm just going to put on, basically it was this room and you could look around and see Mount Rainier. And, and so I was 
he, he had his headset configured for when he was sitting in his desk and I was standing. Uh-huh. So it looked like my body, my legs were underneath the floor, like the uh-huh. floor dissected me. I couldn't move. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't make my legs move. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm standing here and I'm three feet from a computer screen and I can't make my legs move. I was shocked. It's so the whole portal thing, I'm going to have to go check that out. That sounds, I've never heard of that place. Oh, you'll love it. And I don't know that I'll be able to walk on the plank either because <laughs> I couldn't make myself move through a floor. I, I did get out on the plank, but I'll tell you what, it was so frightening. <laughs> so frightening. Well, there's a building in Chicago um, that you can go up, you know, 80, 100 stories, whatever it is. It's quite uh-huh. a ways up and they have a glass protrusion that you can uh-huh. step out onto. Yeah. I, I don't think I could do that either. So no, I, I, this $5 is a whole lot cheaper than <laughs> Chicago. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. That's a great one. So let's talk about made in Washington and, and, and maybe, maybe explain to our, um, our audience how Seabear and, and made in Washington Got together? Yeah. So it happened a little bit before I joined, but Made in Washington uh, for years was the largest wholesale customer of Seabear products, the gift boxes. And so at some point, um, the owners of Made in Washington wanted to sell. And so uh, folks back then thought it would be a good marriage. And it has been a good marriage. Uh, they continue to sell a lot of the Seabear smoked salmon. It's a great way of reaching um, both locals and visitors to the uh to Washington state. And so, uh, we run them independently. We call them kind of sister companies. Uh, we don't hide the fact that, uh, they're all under one umbrella, but, uh, you know, made in Washington does its thing and works with, uh, artists and entrepreneurs and food makers all across the state and sea bear focuses on seafood. But, uh, yeah, it's a great marriage because, uh, like I said, it, it, it does two things. It allows us to reach that audience. The other thing is every once in a while made in Washington finds a supplier an artist that makes sense for sea bear. So just recently over the summer, we worked with this, uh, these, this couple out of carnation, I think they are called wagon wood and they're woodworkers. And they made a beautiful, um, uh, wood serving board uh, for sea bear that we now sell on our site. Um, you know, it's, it's a great, if you particularly, I mean, either for your personal use or it's a great, you know, pair it with some smoked salmon, uh, as a, uh, as a gift. So they enjoy the salmon today and they have the board forever. So there's probably been, you know, I could probably think of 15 examples like that where we've met really creative artisans through the made in Washington side that have helped the sea bear, uh, offerings as well. That's great. That that's fantastic. And I, I love the idea that you guys, um, are working with local, local people when possible. This is going to seem like a weird question that I probably should have asked at the very beginning. Seabear, <laughs> how did we get the name? So again, right before I got there, but it was called, when Tom Savage found it, it was called Specialty Seafoods. And okay. uh, I think it was around, I think if I remember correctly, it was like 93 or something like that. Uh, on our um, board was uh, at that time, uh, Gordon Bowker who you might know the name. He was actually one of the two founders of Starbucks down in the market. Uh, they brought in Howard Schultz and uh, Gordon's this great marketing mind and been behind a lot of things in the Seattle area. Uh, and he said to the group then that specialty seafoods was a generic name, you know, and he's right. It's not a brand. It's descriptive, right? And so mm-hmm. they engaged the same group that actually did the branding for um, Starbucks to come up with a name and it's, it's grounded in native American legend. We don't talk the legend. We don't think, you know, we have the, 
the standing to do that really, but it's, uh, it's just, it's, so it's Northwest in its, uh, founding and it's in an, okay. and it's, uh, it's legacy. Um, and, uh, and it's kind of memorable, right. And it makes what we think is a beautiful, uh, mark. So, uh, that's how it came about. Okay. That's, that's interesting because it was just, I mean, I'm saying, like I keep saying, I'm looking on the website where we're talking and I keep looking at the logo and I keep going, how? So I had to ask. Good. What else have we not covered that you think the audience would like to hear about? Well, I, uh, I think one of the things we hear mostly from people is um, you touched on a little earlier about how do you, you know, how do you, what's your favorite ways to use it? It's how to use smoked salmon okay. or, or seafoods and stuff. And on our website, we've got uh, tons and tons of recipes um, and we have some videos and all that stuff. And that's really valuable. And I, you know, if people have questions about how to make a great salmon dinner, um, for example, I'd encourage them to look, we, uh, we believe in low and slow. Like we will tell you to cook your salmon or your halibut filet or your black cod, um, much lower temperature than probably anybody else will. Like, uh, I think our packaging actually says 275 degrees, which shocks people. Um, and I'll do it anywhere from 275 to 300, depending on how quickly I need to make dinner, right? But that's a lot lower than most people recommend. And that ends up locking in the juices. And people are uh, really surprised at how wonderful it comes out when you do that. And it's different than most people ever do it. Uh, and there's a lot of things like that. So, I, you know, I think that's, uh, I encourage people that. Uh, it, is, uh, it is Christmas season coming up. And uh, nice. our products are great for gift giving. We have a long, long, long tradition of uh, gift giving, and they're also great for holiday entertaining. Um, we'll be doing lots of things like Christmas morning breakfast and, you know, special offerings like that. And that's uh, maybe the last thing to say is we have our, you know, you're looking at our website and you're seeing a bunch of core items and those are there and they're popular day in, day out. We enjoy as foodies and our customers enjoy that we're always trying something new and different. And sometimes there are new products we launch that we intend to have part of our offering forever. And sometimes there are special offerings that are just fun to offer and then they go away, right? Or maybe come back another time. And uh, I'll give you a little tease on um, two that are coming up. So uh, I don't know if you saw it on our website, but about a year ago, we launched smoked salmon mac and cheese. And it really took off. In fact, it's probably the most successful new item I can ever remember us launching if I went all the way back uh, for the time I've been there. So it really surprised us. And it's, it's great. Um, and you just pop it in the oven or the microwave. It's in a, you know, ovenable tray. And so we are very close, like maybe a week or two away from launching a smoked scallop mac and cheese. And that's a great mm. example. We may carry that forever. We may do it seasonally. Um, we uh, may do it once. Um, I've tasted it uh, several times. I'm sure it's gonna be, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be liked. Uh, but that's the kind of thing we play around with all the time. And then the other thing I was actually working on um, some uh, some descriptive descriptives for before we got uh, on the podcast. We are about to launch a Pacific Northwest crab roll experience kit where we're giving you the crab, we're giving you the rolls from Macrina Bakery, we're giving you this beautiful butter to toast the rolls in your saute pan, we're giving you a king crab dip to spread the roll with, we're giving you Tim's chips to put on the side. It's a complete experience, and it's uniquely from us because nobody has 
the dip that we have with the king crab, and then we're given a bunch of Dungeness crab meat to drop on top of it. It's uh, it's going to be a pretty special meal or, again, an appetizer. You can make eight little ones and serve them to people through the door. So that's the kind of thing, you know, checking out our website. They come and go. Some of them stay forever. Some of them come back. Uh, but we're always doing that because our customers love the variety that brings. And uh, like I said, we're all food lovers and we love to create. So shipping this, mm-hmm. these items probably varies, but is there, how, how does one ship crab legs? And so that you ensure that they're uh, as yeah. good as possible going across, say from Anacortes to Miami. Yeah. Uh, great question. It starts there, right? Cause it doesn't matter how beautiful your food is or how well you've made it. If it arrives uh, thawed or uh, spoiled, <laughs> It's all out the window. Um, well, first of all, uh, we have a great relationship with UPS and have worked with them for over a decade, um, almost exclusively, and, and that they do a great job. But it starts with how you pack it, right? And so we have dialed that in over the years. Um, and most of what we ship that's not the shelf-stable product is shipped on dry ice. So it's been flash frozen, locks in all the flavor and, and nutrients, um, we ship on dry ice. We have uh, we have tested packaging, you know, more than I can care to even remember, uh, so that we have <laughs> great combinations of uh, how much ice and which package to ship them in. Um, and so uh, we do that really well. Uh, I've said a lot of times to people we've talked to that um, that's the fundamental must have if you're in an e-commerce business, right? A lot of people get in love with their idea. If you don't have great pick, pack, and ship. It doesn't matter. And we are great at it. And we're great at it for a company our size, but I think we're great at it for a company 10 times our size. And so, uh, and we also have, I didn't mention this earlier, probably should bring this up. We have what's called the Fisherman's Oath Guarantee. And I, I'm on the website and my signature's next to it. So I stand behind it and we, everybody in the company does. We're not kidding. We want to be we want to blow people away. We don't say, you know, we want you to be satisfied. The guarantee says we want you to be thrilled. And if you're not thrilled, we're going to do what it takes to thrill you. And we've stood behind that for, you know, I can tell you for at least for the 24 years it's been that I've been there, we've stood behind it. And I'm sure before that, um, it's a very solemn guarantee and people take us up on it. Uh, and we, uh, we, we do what it takes and, uh, we can only give that kind of no kidding around guarantee if we're really great at delivering great products. So that's the best thing. I Absolutely. Can well, with the holidays coming up, do you have, and, and this is going to be a weird year because um, at least at the time of this recording, retail still kind of hit or miss as far as being open. And so I think the assumption that a lot of us are making is that more and more of us this year will be using online services to obtain items uh-huh. and then using shipping services. Mm-hmm. So we don't wait, you know, proc- you know, most of us procrastinate to the last minute, uh, 20, December 24th. If you're going to be yeah. for, due for Christmas, not a good day to ask for, you know, crab legs to be shipped across the country. <laughs> no. What, what sort of, uh, you know, lead time makes it so that it's a, a non-stressful environment for the, for the, the, for the buyer. Yeah. Um, boy, it's such a great question, Scott, because it's more over the, if I look back over the last 10 years, the, uh, the peak of buying has gotten later and later. 
And uh, we call that the Amazon effect, right? People have come to expect, oh, I'll get it this afternoon, <laughs> this afternoon right? right. Um, that's a real, it's always a problem for the customer. It's going to be a monster problem for the customer this year. We will get the packages out. We'll get them out quickly. We uh, we try and, as we say, clear the board every day. And if we don't, it's it's the next day, right? So we're getting them out ASAP. Mm-hmm. The problem is the carriers are overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed now, and they have been. Mm-hmm. They have been since March. And it's gonna, we don't even begin to know what it's going to be at the holidays. So this year, we are going to message to the customers that they ought to order early to ensure that their product gets there, get it into the mail stream as early as possible. Um, UPS and FedEx are so backed up. Uh, we've seen a lot slower delivery over the last four or five months, um, and it's only going to get worse as a holiday. So we're going to be pushing order early, order early. We're going to be doing more of these events on special offerings for the holidays, and we're going to say, you know, you order it today, we're shipping it next Monday. You know, we're not waiting until December 15th to ship them. That's really important. Um, we'll get the package out, but it's, uh, you know, if you want to be safe that it gets there through the system, uh, order early this year. It's never been more important. Okay. So everyone, uh, we're going to wrap this episode up and I'm going to encourage you if you're an anacortis to go make sure you take a look at the Seaver smokehouse and take them up on their $5 flight. Um, that sounds like a good, uh, value for lunch, uh-huh. maybe for even for an early dinner. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike, I'll give you the last word. Uh, take us away. Well, uh, I guess I'll just say, we love what we do. I mean, you know, we're all making a living at it, but it's, uh, we love it. We are passionate about food and our corner of the world of food is uh, Pacific Northwest seafood. And we love what we do. Uh, I hope as people go to our website and maybe join our, our email list so they can see all these new things that keep coming, um, you get that. And we, uh, love to share that with folks and, uh, you know, Call us and talk about food. We've got lots of service suggestions for you. We'll come into our store and stay as long as you'd like. We're happy to talk to you. So that's who we are. And, um, you know, go to seabear.com and check us out. And Scott, thanks for having us. Anytime. Thanks for being on. Really appreciate it. next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.